songs and let's get dressed. It's somewhat happy hour with Josh Fest. Well, hello and welcome to the Somewhat Happy Hour podcast with me, Josh Vest. And my guest today is a circus producer, creator, performer, and lover, Lisa Lewis. Hi, Lisa, and welcome to the Somewhat Happy Hour. Hello, Josh, and thank you so much for having me. <laughs> um, so tell me all about you and your love for the circus. Well, um, I have always loved the circus since I was a little kid. One of my earliest memories is having a really, really high fever. And the circus only came to town one, twice a year. Once was a Ringling Circus and once was a Shrine Circus. And I could not miss one of them. And I had a high fever and my mother wouldn't let me go. And it was quite traumatic. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But I've uh, always loved the circus. Now, what, what is your favorite act in the circus? Honestly, I can't say that I have a particular favorite act. Mm-hmm. I enjoy so much the artistry and the skill and the talent of all of them that yeah. I think I appreciate excellence in any art form. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so uh, you went to clown college, Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Clown College. Uh, tell me about that. Tell me what was that like? So I did do that. Um, in. <laughs> I am the, I'm a proud member of the class of 1986. <laughs> <laughs> so what was that like? What was it like being in, uh, a part of that? It was a wonderful experience. It was incredible. It was mm. incredibly intense in that all day, all night, I mean, a very intensive training program. At the time, it was about 10 weeks, Ooh, okay. which taught you enough to become an apprentice. Mm-hmm. It taught you enough so that you knew how much the more there was to learn in the world, which right. is just, it was wonderful. And to this day, I'm still, I still have friends, the people in my class and I are all still in touch. And actually the music that was created for Omnium was written by a classmate of mine from Clown oh, College. Oh, wow. That's wonderful. I, I did love the music and we're going to talk all about Omnium here in a minute, uh, which is, ugh, I'm excited to talk about that. Um, so I, I've done some research and I found out you went to NYU and you have a master's in clowning and circus history. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I love that. Save it. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, what was that like getting your master's in clowning and circus history? Well, it kind of happened as a means to a means to a journey. I won't say a means to an end because there is no end until you're dead. And thank God I'm mm. not. So it was a pathway along a journey. I had finished undergraduate school. I'd finished clown college. I'd stayed in Boston as long as I felt that I could be productive. And I wanted more. I wanted to come to New York and I needed something to ground me here. Mm -hmm. And there was a wonderful professor at NYU named Hovey Burgess. And I called Hovey and I said, Hovey, I want to come to New York. I want to do this. What can I do? So we sat down and we worked it all out and I ended up entering Gallatin, not Tisch. I entered the Gallatin division and designed my own master's degree program because I was interested not only in performing, but in history and in all of the surrounding elements of circus, of clowning mm-hmm. and of circus. So Javi was my advisor and under his tutelage, I got my master's degree 
and simultaneously was working both as a performer in the event industry, walking stilts, juggling, doing all, you know, any job you get anyway, any opportunity <laughs> to make people laugh worked for me. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, then I simul- a couple of years later, within a couple of years of that, um, joined the clown care unit, which was working in hospitals as a performer for pediatrics mm-hmm. and my life kind of unfolded. It's, it's more of a default, not design and just kind of being open to knowing what your passion is and knowing Mm -hmm. that that's what's driving you and then being open to whatever opportunities present themselves or that you create. Mm -hmm. So, and you're quite the creator and I will, I want to talk about a few of the uh, shows you've created, but first I'm going to go back to clown college. Uh, Did you perform with Ringling? After you had I graduated? did what's called advance. I didn't join the show. I didn't travel on the train. I mm-hmm. did what's called the advance show, which meant I went to town about two weeks before the show would come in and did school shows and PR events. And oh, cool. I worked with a wonderful, wonderful clown, Oliver Shalom named Mike Kiever and did Ringling Readers. And that nice. actually was really influential on my life. I loved it. Mm-hmm. It was really, we did four school shows a day and three PR appearances and got back to my hotel room at about three in the afternoon and crashed. Wow. And then wake up, repeat, boom, boom, boom. Uh, wake up, repeat. It was, it was wonderful. I mean, I really, I have no complaints. It was a great learning experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, did you, uh, uh, while you were doing that, did you have any idea of, oh, I want to create a circus yet? Have, have you, has that crossed your mind at that oh, no. point? No? Oh, no, no, just hoping to go from, you know, this circus to this circus to all, all the wonderful circuses that are around. The only thing on my mind at that point was making people happy. I love it. And that's still the only thing on my mind. I just yes. do it in a different way. But <laughs> all I all I wanted to do was just really bring joy. Mm-hmm. And and I, I must say, you know, again, I'm teasing. We'll talk about this soon. But uh, you do, in fact, bring a lot of joy. And I know just walking out of the lobby after the show last weekend, just hearing the joy and the the passion and the love that was in the air. You could feel it. Uh, it was a beautiful, beautiful afternoon. Thank um, you. But before we talk about that, okay. uh, I, I, I see you went, You worked with the Big Apple Circus and that was with the Clown Care Unit? I did a number of things for them. Okay. Um, I started off with the Clown Care Unit and for 15 years I did that. And I worked in hospitals and I worked in um, pediatrics and it was, again, a wonderful experience. Simultaneously to that, they had another program called Circus of the Senses. Yes. And that's kind of where I found my my calling. It was mm-hmm. a program that um, Big Apple Circus was created in 1987 by Paul Binder and Alan Slifka. And it was a program, they were looking to increase their audiences. They were looking to expand their audiences. So they said, hey, why don't we provide audio description? So they got a sportscaster to work with him, Marty Glickman. Nobody alive remembers him, but that's okay. <laughs> he was a famous <laughs> sportscaster at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and they created audio description and invited students who were blind. They soon oh. added American Sign Language and invited students who were deaf. I volunteered with them. Mm-hmm. And it just, it fascinated me. The audiences, every aspect of it. And as I continued to volunteer, I became an interpreter. And then more and more as time went on, the neurodiverse population was wanting to be included and should be included. Of course. So by the time I was hired to run the program, 
it was really obvious that we needed to have an additional program to include those with autism and neurodiversities. Mm -hmm. So I'm proud to have been one of the co-creators and the spearhead behind that program, creating um, Embracing Autism. And I just, I just kept, I was with Big Apple for on and off in various departments and whatever for almost 30 years. Okay. Um, it was and- a big, the mission is a really big part of what drives me of really bringing in audiences and really welcoming all audiences. That's that's what I love, and uh, I know some art forms try to do that, but I don't think I've seen anything or, or, or heard of anything that was quite as successful as what I saw uh, last weekend and involving everyone, welcoming everyone and anyone uh, into this world. Uh, and so with that, well, oh, wait, no, I'm looking at my notes. Uh, the Super Scientific Circus. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me about that? Oh, yeah. So in all simultaneously to all this happening, like – this is the definition of neurodiversity because I have so many things going on and I'm, there are a laundry list of diagnoses initials <laughs> that you could put after me. And ultimately at the end of the day, none of the matter because right. here we are. <laughs> um, so simultaneously to all of that, um, I met the man who is now my husband and he was doing some school shows and he had Mm -hmm. created a science program and was doing a couple school shows. And he said, Hey Lisa, there's more opportunity here. We were married. We just knew each other then. He said, there's more opportunity here to do some school shows. Are you interested? So I said, sure. Why not? So we started doing um, circus and science programs in the schools. Mm -hmm. And he was working with another partner still is. And between the three of us, we created super scientific circus, which is it, up to the very beginning of the pandemic, we had six shows touring, each wow. of which use circus skills and the art of entertainment to make science fun and funny. And they're all tied wow. directly into the STEAM and the core curriculum. Nice. I love that. Really, and they're just, they're entertaining because mm-hmm. you learn more when you're engaged and when you're inter- Absolutely. When you're yeah. Yeah. Now, is this something that's still touring? We're about to, we're starting to again, mm-hmm. um, and it's really fed a lot of my knowledge in creating what we do now with the study guides and all of that experience. Is really, mm-hmm. it kind of feeds into our path, our journey. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you know, as an so educator, I'm, I'm, I'm all over that. Those, yeah. Yeah, I love that. As 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 a teacher, always looking for ways to see you know performances for uh, through education, the eyes of education. I absolutely love it, and uh, we'll. Uh, hope that uh, we cross paths with that uh, over sure. here in uh, my world of the theater education. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about the show. One of the best shows I've ever seen, Omnium. Tell me, tell me how I'm, so I remember seeing a Facebook post for this in 2020. Uh, I, I remember seeing it and, and, uh, the bold new was bold new circus, yes, uh, and it caught my eye, uh, which is what I assume was the the plan. You hear a bold new circus, you're like, oh yeah. Uh, so tell me, tell me how that came to uh, to life. So, with the pandemic, came the closure of live entertainment arts and particularly circus, obviously, and. Mm-hmm having worked with circus of the senses and that was my last position right up until the pandemic 
Mm -hmm. there was just like one more step that I felt we needed to go further. And that was inclusion within the ring because we had audiences included once in a while, this Mm -hmm. show or that show, but not every single show. And within the ring, I mean, Big Apple has certainly done very wonderful things, but for me, it was like a little here and a little there. And I wanted it. I wanted more. I wanted it completely inclusive and respectful and just more, you know, so that it would just be the completely the the environment that you saw Mm -hmm. what you were able to witness. That's what I was dreaming. So it was a pandemic. So we gathered. I called people and we said, let's make something virtual. So we did. So each act filmed wherever they were, wherever they were in quarantine. And we put it all together as a video production with interviews talking about who we are and what we do and what we hope to accomplish post pandemic. Created that program exists to this day and you can still Mm -hmm. bring it into schools and it's still available. It has a 40 page curriculum guide that goes with it, which is all of the science, the physics, the K through nine or K through 12, depending on um, the school mm-hmm. curriculum that ties in with diversity, equity, inclusion conversations with STEAM conversations to really to reach out and really bring joy and allow people the the sense of inclusion of, yeah, I can learn that and I can be that and I can be my best self. Not to say you're going to go off and become a professional circus performer, but that it I mean, you know, 30 students in a classroom, the likelihood is fairly small. Right. But that's not the goal. The goal is for you to be your best self, no matter who you are. Mm-hmm. I love that. Be your best. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so, I, again, I, I'm going to sing the praise uh, of, of this beautiful show. Uh, it, it was by far the most beautiful thing I've ever witnessed, ever, uh, yeah. you know, it it was inc- I've never uh, cried during a circus before, uh, but I I was crying throughout the entire uh, wow. performance, just thinking about how beautiful this is and the the message that it's here to share. And I I'm still in awe. I still butterflies just thinking about it. And it, it it's so so different than anything that's ever been done that I've ever seen or heard of. Or, or you know, know of, and uh, it it's what we need, and I think now in the world is something this world needs is is this show, and I I I'm obsessed with it. I love it. Uh, so tell me tell me a bit more to what led you to premiere a, a live show versus continuing the streaming performances. Um. So we always wanted to be live, obviously, but it was a pandemic, so we couldn't be. Sure. And it was one of those like series of events where everything led us in that direction. Mm-hmm. Like all the pieces seemed to fall into place and we were like, wait, we can do this. There's a market for it. There's people want to see it. We have the tent, we had everything we needed to move forward. And so we proceeded with that and we followed that plan and we got there and we got the tent up and the things that we hadn't counted on were the Delta variant. Mm -hmm. And so ticket sales were a lot slower than they should have been Mm -hmm. and complications because of 
things that we were that were out of our control. Sure. Yeah. So we had to pivot. Like mm-hmm. most people pivot. This is what we're getting used to in our world today. It's like, okay, yeah. we have to pivot because this pathway is now not going to, it's not going to work. So mm-hmm. let's change directions. So we shifted directions and we were very fortunate to be able, because we were all there. Like we were ready yeah. to go. Yeah. I, I drove by the, uh, the tent and everything. Uh, a friend of mine lives right over in that area. And uh, I got a phone call saying, do you know of this, that, that the circus is, is here? I was like, of course I know that it's here. I've been tracking it. Uh, and so I did drive by. And then I think it was the next day is when, when you had all announced that a uh, change of plans was happening. Yeah. Um, so, but uh, you were saying you were all here. Yeah, so we were next? all here and we were going into rehearsals to produce the show because we were opening in two weeks. Mm-hmm. So it was about, yeah, it was about two weeks before the opening. So we said, all right, well, we're here anyway. We're all gathered. We've got enough money to get through payroll for the next couple of weeks. So let's do the show that we're here to do. Let's create mm-hmm. the show we're here to create. And, and so, where did you all go perform or rehearse? So we were, again, it was another just beautiful, beautiful twist of luck, fate, destiny, whatever you want to call it. Um, and we ended up at Gallaudet University, which, mm-hmm. well, you know, because you're in the area. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, it was founded in 1865 by an act of Congress and is one of the very few um, institutions of higher learning dedicated of, by, and for people who are deaf or hard of hearing. Mm-hmm. And it's just an incredible, incredible place. So we were invited there. And we put up the show, we rehearsed it, we presented a, a, a benefit performance and a benefit performance, a, a free performance, invited mm-hmm. audiences so that we could get it, we could capture the footage of it so that we could then take that and at least create a second virtual production. Sure. Um, so we had the show and then, so that happened, but now we still had people who wanted to see the show in Tyson's and we still have an audience there and we've made friends there and we've delved deep into the community. Our plan was to hire 78 persons with disability. Mm-hmm. And we, our entire front of house staff, we were working with Arc of Nova. We were working with best buddies. We're working with all of these community organizations to provide employment opportunities for people who are underrepresented, particularly yes. in the world of general entertainment. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So we own a circus. Yeah. I can't not fulfill my obligations. If you make a promise, I learned this years ago. If you make a promise to a child, you darn well better keep it. <laughs> yeah. You, you just, it's just not an option. Mm-hmm. So um, we brought on a new executive producer who is fabulous. And he helped us to find a venue. And we were able to create and present the show that you got to see. Mm-hmm. And also with a partnership, we had a partnership with Easter Seals and they were able to, they really made it possible for us to do that. And they're just, we love Easter Seals. So. Yeah. And and what a space to the, the Capital One Hall. It's brand new. Uh, I, I remember when they were building it and uh, it was great to go in there and uh, 
it, although it was big, big room, uh, it still, then again, I was sitting in the front row, but still <laughs> it, it, it felt very intimate the, throughout the entire space. Uh, and that's what I love about shows like this, but this one was just very near and special to my heart. Um, so you performed in a theater. Now, what, what was it like trying to put a, a circus into, uh, into a theater and on a stage versus performing it uh, in a tent or um, an arena setting? It's totally different choreography. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're you if you're choreographing something and you're you're expecting someone to be 360 degrees around you, then you play a different way. You change your dance moves. You make sure to include audiences 360 degrees. When you're performing in a proscenium space, you change your choreography to adjust to that space. Mm-hmm. In this particular space, there are two balconies. Yeah. So if you're in a tent. Most of the people are at eye level. Here, we also, all of the performers had to remember to open their hearts and open their heads and open their necks, essentially, Mm -hmm. so that you include the people on the second balcony because we're all, those people are the same people that would be right next to you if you were in a tent. Right. But because of the architecture of the space, you have to adjust your physicality to make sure that you include the entire audience. Mm-hmm. And that's um, any space you play, whatever space you right. play, you adapt. Now, do you, I know you have a tent and this is, we'll talk about the, that in a second, but would you tour the show in a theater or do you uh, want it to live within the, the tent style? It's not an either or question. Okay. It's a question of opportunity. Mm-hmm. To me, the most important thing is getting this show out there. Yes. Is being there, being in front of audiences. If a tented opportunity comes along, we will take a tented opportunity. If theatrical opportunities come along, we've proven we can do a performing arts center quite well. Yeah. So it's really a question of opportunity. Mm-hmm. We have, we've proven we have the ability to do either yeah. and both. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, now, I want to talk about the the story of the show, uh, which is something I've never seen before. I've never seen a circus with a with a story with a plot, and and I loved it. It was uh, this that was one thing that that really got the tears going, uh, those happy tears. Uh, so, I, as I've shared with people on my podcast and you, uh, you know, I have the dreams of running away with a circus, and that was the uh, the the theme of the show: Johnny running away and going from being a popcorn seller to uh, having a balancing act. Uh, and, and it really, it spoke to my heart and I'll start crying if I keep talking about it. <laughs> uh, but can you tell me, tell me what, uh, how did the story come together? So the story is um, an inc- it's incredible brainchild of our collaborators. Um, our artistic director is Noe Espana mm-hmm. and our first show was directed by Mark Lonergan. And we really thought about what we want to say. And when you think about it, within each one of us, there is a dream. And within each one of us, there are barriers to that dream. Some of them are practical. Some of them are Mm self-imposed. But what we wanted to show was the strength and the perseverance to pursue that dream through whatever turn and take, you know, whatever curve and turn and however your life progresses. Uh 
but to not, as I tell my daughter all the time, don't let the turkeys get you down. So it started off with a child whose turkeys are talking in their back head. You can't, you can't, you can't. That four letter word, can't, 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 can't listen to that. Those are turkeys. Right. So it started off with that um, and having that Johnny character represent the child in all of us mm-hmm. that wants to pursue a dream and has those little turkeys going on. Yeah. I love that. that oh, such a great story. Uh, it's, oh, I'll start crying. Um, I'll try to say the tears for the end. Uh, so at, at, Speaking of Johnny, you tied it into your ringmaster, uh, Mr. Jonathan Lee Iverson, uh, who is a very, very uh, uh, respected individual in the circus world. Uh, I, I I grew up seeing him. I think I told him the other day. First time I saw him, I was and it's it's I swear by it. It's one of the very first memories I ever have had. Have. Anyway, <laughs> um, it it was. Uh, in two, uh, I think it was nineteen. I don't know. It was it was a cert, one of the first his first tours with Ringling, and and it's one of the first things I remember is seeing him, and I can remember his costume. And uh, here we are, twenty uh, some years later, and I still have the honor and privilege of getting to go see him perform. And he he's a role model. He's such a such a wonderful person who I've gotten to know uh, know over the past few uh, months. Uh, and, and I completely just, agree with you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's a fabulous person. Absolutely. And he's such, a, he's very good at what he does. Yes. Uh, and so I, I know he was uh, a part of the board. Now, was he always going to be the ringmaster as well? Everything kind of shaped up that way. And it turns uh-huh. out that this really is his story. He was born in Harlem and he joined mm-hmm. the boys choir of Harlem, which you know, because you had uh-huh. him on your podcast. Yes. So it really very much paralleled his story. So it made perfect sense to have the show center around to embody the character. It's all of our stories and it is his story. So it's a yeah. story that is both unique and universal. Uh-huh. So it, it made was, perfect yeah. sense. And yeah, he is on our board of directors and is the chairman of our board. And it's quite, it's great. And the ringmaster. Yeah. So it works yeah. out just He wears quite a few hats. That's what yeah. it sounds well, like. Yeah, we all yeah. do. I mean, of course. Essentially, we're a startup organization with uh-huh. really big dreams and a lot of really hardworking individuals. Oh yes, yes, and I. But yeah, no, I, I I applaud all of you for for creating and sharing the show and uh, uh, just getting to see the show again. Uh, uh, the big tears came at the end when you had everyone come up on stage for the last time during uh, Jonathan's yes. number. That that was a who that was a hard one to, to go through, <laughs> um, because you know it's thinking it had me thinking about uh, you know heroes and and uh, how he has been a hero of mine and the, the world of circus the word circus period is just something that really helped shape me as a person and uh, as a performer and educator uh, because without the world of the circus I would never have found the world of theater, which is what I teach. I teach middle school theater. Uh, And so deep, not even deep down, it's right next to the world of education. It's it's still there. My love and passion for, uh, for the circus is right there. Um, And now I want to talk about some of the other phenomenal acts you have. Uh, Some of them I've, 
I'd heard of and I'd seen clips of from uh, other circuses just over time. Uh, but tell, tell me more about the uh, other individual acts of the show. So the goal in casting the show, which is one of the reasons we have the cast of thousands on stage, mm-hmm. is because tokens are things you put in slot machines. We don't want to do tokens on stage. You put them uh-huh. in slot machines. So we wanted to be completely inclusive and and represent all of the different cultures and heritage and the different demographics that go into creativity and circus. Uh So to do that, we have a cast of thousands. Not literally 18, but it (laughs) seems like thousands. Um, (laughs) So it was really trying to look and find the best people in their chosen art form, and then to make sure that we had representation from everyone. Uh-huh. And that was, that's what I loved about it is the representation and the uh, diversity on stage. Uh, the, the, the demographic of the entire show is, I, I think that's such, that's something that a lot of art forms should look to uh, is what you did and take that as a, Hey, this is the right way to do it, and this is the best way to do <laughs> I it. Hope so, <laughs> uh, and and that's just and so you answered my next part is about casting the show and who you were looking for. Um, so I want to ask, can you share with me what what's next? Uh, I, I read some things uh, uh, that you were going to do another show out in New York. Mm-hmm. Is that true? Okay, we are. We have a show scheduled. They haven't officially announced the festival yet, sure. so you'll have to wait till the official announcement. But yes, right. we are going to be in New York on May fourteenth as nice. a part of a fabulous festival that I'm going to let them announce first. Uh huh. That's awesome. But it's very exciting, and um, so we're very much looking forward to that. And then moving forward from there, we are trying to not trying to, we are doing, um, we are planning a season um, inclusive of a lot of different performing arts venues, performing arts centers across the country, hopefully across the world. Um, yeah. Easter Seals has did a did their fundraiser with us, the second show, they had the entire show and uh-huh. it was a raging success for them and for us. So we're hoping to continue that partnership with them nationwide hopefully, and just really open our hearts to any opportunity. Yeah. There's so many. There's so, I mean, circuses, as you very well know, is a unifying art form because it is so accessible to all families and all generations. Your grandma can come and have a blast just as much as a three-year-old is laughing, as much as the adult, as much as the teenager it goes across all age barriers and all cultural barriers. So it makes it the perfect art form for any community. Yeah, absolutely. It is a universal uh, form of art. And that's, you know, I talk about that all the time in my classroom, how the arts are universal, but this show in particular is that it should be universal Omnium Circus in in the dictionary (laughs) uh, because it's, it's true. Like I, I 100% uh, – and that's what's so beautiful about the show and it's it's just connecting to everyone uh, and not playing to a certain audience, which is what a lot of art uh, pieces do. We perform or, or lean towards a certain audience, but this is 
opening your arms up and welcoming everyone uh, into this world. Uh, when you think and- about it, it's really what our our society is so fragmented, and there are so many things upon which we do not agree. Mm-hmm. And that's fine, and that has a place. Mm-hmm. But we have to value each other fundamentally for what we have in common. Right. And then we can go on and debate anything you want to debate. That's fine, sure. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but we have to fundamentally be all human and together and at our core love and respect each other. And that's not going to happen because somebody waggles a finger at you and tells you, you got to do that. Yeah. It's going to happen because you feel it. And because you look at the person next to you and you're both laughing. Yes. Ah, uh, ah, uh, butterflies right now. Um, <laughs> uh, so do you have any plans to return to the Washington DC, Maryland, Virginia area? We certainly do. I don't have concrete plans yet because the contracts aren't signed, but we absolutely plan to return. Our hope is to return next spring. Lovely. I can't wait. I'll be right here. uh, That's absolutely our hope and our dream. We love the Washington area. I mean, there's so many friends there, yourself included. Mm. We made so many friends. We got a new board member whom I am nuts crazy for. (laughs) Um, yeah, just, I, uh, well, I mean, so it sounds like I have to uh, to make a trip to New York here in uh, in May. Uh, I, I've been looking for a reason to head on over there, so oh. now I uh, I know exactly when I'm going. Well, there uh, you go, and yeah, it'll be great boop, to see you. It's gonna be fabulous yes. to welcome you. Yes. Uh, so, um, share with me the overall message uh, that you want the audiences uh, to share with the audiences when they come see Omnium. If there is an overall, if there is one, if not, maybe a a glance at one. There is. I'm trying to figure out, for those of you who are listening to this and don't have the visuals of my eyes rolling back in my head, (laughs) the core, core, core message of all of this is love. Yeah. It's complete that's in one word, if I had to capsulize everything in one word, it would be love. It's complete inclusion in that everyone can be their best selves and can bring their best selves to have full representation at every level to provide employment opportunities for people who are previously underserved or who haven't had those opportunities to provide opportunities for learning and growth for those who want to come in. But again, just given the nature of our world, we're just now beginning to progress to the point of having our doors open and welcoming to people of all abilities of all demographics. All of the barriers that we've put in our minds against each other for so many generations are finally starting to break down on a global level on a global level. And there's a real global movement. Um, The Paralympics are gaining much more popularity. It's a global movement. And Omnium is the forefront of that movement in our industry. And what we want more than anything else in the world is for people to jump on the bandwagon. Yeah. Come and see the show. Realize that it can be done. Realize that you can take that extra step to make sure that your show is integrated, that your show is accessible, that your show is inclusive. And if you need help, we'll help you. 
Wow. Uh, it, I can't sing enough praise of this show and what you do and this company. And uh, it's, it's such a dream to see something like this come to life. Uh, and, and again, opening those arms to so many uh, people in the world. Um, now, this is more a bit of a question for anyone in the circus world, but also for people like me who have uh, the, the love for the circus. And that is, what advice do you have for those who want to run away and join the circus or general advice about the circus world? I would say if you are passionate and driven about the world of circus, if you are a, a very, very hard worker, join us. Um, if you are inclined towards physical performance, um, skill-wise, if it's um, there, skill-wise like juggling or balancing or whatever the physical skills, if that's what drives you, there are quite a few um, opportunities for training. There's in Philadelphia, there's Canada, there's California. There are quite a few really great schools for that. If you are inclined towards comedy, there's a great school out in San Francisco. Um, if you just love the circus and are a good hard worker, there are opportunities to work backstage, to work crew, to work rigging. There's the one great thing about the circus is that there's really something for everyone. Absolutely. If you love the, if you're passionate about this industry, we will find a place where your skills excel yes. because there's so much to be done. And every person with every ability has something to offer. So we'll put you to work of doing something. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Uh, thank you for that answer. That's a wonderful answer. Uh, so uh, at the end of each podcast, I, uh, I have something I call the RQR, which is the random question round. Uh, and I have two for you today. Uh, the first one is if you can perform in any act in the circus, what would it be? Reality aside? Sure. Absolutely. Well, when I was performing, I did slack wire and I did juggling and rolling globe. Wow. Um, and I think, whoops. Sorry. That's all right. My mom. <laughs> <laughs> I could do. In a fantasy world with a body differently capabilized than my own, I don't think that's a word. I just made that up. <laughs> Gosh, I don't know. I think probably there's a certain freedom in acrobat. Mm -hmm. I would love to have the freedom of my body to be able to do six back flips in a row. I can't do one, my back is broken. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. To be able to really flip and fl I'm scared of heights, so I don't particularly want to do trapeze. Um, not that I don't respect it. I love it. I'm just right. so yeah. afraid of heights. Um, gotcha. Yeah, I think I would want to do a ground act. I think I would want to do um, slack wire really, really well. Uh-huh. I was mediocre at best. <laughs> It was entertaining, right. but I was mediocre at best. Still <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> um, and so the last question I have for you 
is uh, when you hear the word circus, what comes to mind? A big red heart. Yes. That's the first image in my head. Yeah. Big red heart with a tent. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Yeah. That's that's funny you say that because mine was in my head was a big red tent. There you go. That's the first thing that comes to mind. So there you go. Mixing the best of both worlds. Uh, well, it's like watching so, the Olympics eight shows a week. Yeah, yeah. They're such incredible athletes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's it's full of love. And this show is one of the best, if not the best circus I've ever seen. And I, I mean that. I'm not just saying it because you're on my podcast. Uh, <laughs> I 100% mean it. And it's something I will support forever and ever and ever and share it with so many uh, that and that have the chance to see this beautiful show, uh, and I, I can't thank you enough for bringing it here to uh, Virginia, uh, the DC area, uh, and, and and you know I had a lot of friends that were uh, they asked me after I had talked about it so much. I said, "Well, is it is it coming back?" I was like, "Well, I hope so. God, I hope so," um, because I'll be there all the time. For yourself and for those who aren't. Um, watching it live at the moment. If you do want to bring it to your classroom, that is a hundred percent feasible, viable, any moment. Um, we can bring it to the classroom on a virtual platform, which has all access. As you know, it has American sign language. It has audio description. It's in Spanish and it has a plain language format for people on the autism spectrum and with various neurodiversities. Oh, so wonderful. that is 100% available now. Um, you email education at omniumcircus.org. It comes with the 40-page educational supplement. I used to call it a study guide, but study guides are one-pagers, and this is 40 pages. Uh, yeah. And well, I can history, guarantee so you it's... Anybody who wants that, do it. And your your ticket sales to that, when you bring that to your classroom, also supports our live production as well and allows us to bring that to you mm-hmm. in every city. Yes. And I can't wait till it's, you know, the the show that everyone knows because it's the best show in town, the best circus that will, you know, beat all the all the other ones. Not that you want to beat, you know, it's not a thing. But uh, more circus is more circus. The more, the merrier. Exactly. <laughs> That's good. exactly what I'm trying to get out of this crazy mouth. Uh, where can we find uh, Omnium uh, uh, online? So online, you can go to omniumcircus.org. We're on Facebook at Omnium Circus. We're on Twitter. We're on LinkedIn. We're on Instagram. And we're even on TikTok and YouTube. I love it. So So there's little clips. In fact, today, if you go to our thing today, we're posting a little snippet video of rehearsal. And Hermius just has the cutest look on his face. I'm dying. (laughs) It's just hysterical. Oh, I can't wait. I know what I'm doing after this episode. Uh, well, again, I just want to say thank you so much for, for taking the time and joining me on this podcast and sharing this beautiful, beautiful show that just I can't talk about it without smiling and having that feeling in my heart of just the passion and the love that you brought. Uh, and I, I had brought my my brother, his wife, and my best friend to the show. And um, they all were, you know, they hadn't seen a circus in years. And they said, wow, this is this is something that we need. The world needs this. Uh, and this art uh, in particular is just, it's, it's so moving to see something like this on stage, in a tent, online, in the world. So thank you so much for creating this beautiful, beautiful production. 
Thank you so much for enjoying it and for being a part of it. Perfect. Thank you so much. Yeah. And to my listeners, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Somewhat Happy Hour. Hope you enjoyed the show. The drinks are over and we hope that you know. If you're feeling down, just join the past. It's the Somewhat Happy Hour with Josh Fest. (laughs) 